0: I'm Shahar Azani, and in the news, Dubai 2020 Expo and celebrating the one-year anniversary to the Abraham Accords. The Dubai 2020 Expo was launched on September 30th, 2021. Israel's participation in the event is visible and celebratory, as is the Israeli flag over the pavilion, a signal of strengthening relations and the huge trade potential between both countries. And when you look at the numbers, they do tell you the story. Data from the Israeli Chamber of Commerce indicates that from January to July of this year, 2021, trade between Israel and the UAE came to around $270 million, almost three times more than the $94 million in all of 2020. Last week, the Knesset in Israel, Abraham Accords Caucus, convened for the first time. It includes over 100 members of Knesset. Jared Kushner, former senior advisor to U.S. President Donald Trump, attended the ceremony and he said that it's time to act and ensure the Abraham Accords fulfill their potential. Kushner founded the Abraham Accords Institute for Peace, along with American-Israeli billionaire Chaim Saban. And he attended the event last week in honor of the one-year anniversary of the peace and normalization agreements between Israel and Arab states, along with his wife, Ivanka. So... What does peace look like on the ground and what more should and could be done to bring about peace in our region? To discuss this and so much more, I'm absolutely thrilled to have with us all the way from Israel on JBS my good friend. Arsen Ostrovsky. Arsene is a leading international human rights lawyer. He's one of the most prominent voices in the pro-Israel community. He currently serves as chair and CEO of the International Legal Forum, the ILF, an Israel-based global network of 3,500 lawyers in 40 countries, leading the fight against anti-Semitism, BDS, terror, and the delegitimization efforts against the state of Israel. Following the historic Abraham Accords, Arsene has become heavily involved in a number of civil society initiatives promoting ties between Israel and the Arab Gulf states, including serving as a board member of Sharaka, an NGO working to promote people-to-people peace between Israel and Abraham Accords countries. He's currently based in the wonderful Tel Aviv. And if you really want to get a taste of the Holy Land, all you have to do is follow him on Twitter and social media. I assure you, it's a delight every day and especially on the weekends. Arson, it's great to see you, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us on JBS. It's always great to be with you, my friend,
1: Shachar. Hopefully next time together in, in person and in your beautiful, beautiful studios in New York.
0: Amen, we're waiting for you. So first, Arsene, let me dive into the issues. I want to ask you, first of all, about the ILF. Can you tell us a little bit about it and what you do? And what was your most recent campaign or initiative?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, look, uh, the, the, the ILF is uh, essentially, it's a global network of uh, of lawyers and pro-Israel activists, some three and a half thousand around the world, over 40 countries, I think, as you mentioned in the introduction, and we're really committed to standing up for Israel, standing up for the Jewish people, to fighting back against the lies, the the delegitimization, the demonization, fighting back against the anti-Semites, the boycotters, uh, those who seek to delegitimize uh, the Jewish state, but we do so through the legal lens. As, as lawyers, uh, we, we believe that uh, the legal arena not only possesses a great set of challenges uh, for us as a people and as a nation, but also presents a great deal of opportunities uh, for us to go uh, on the offensive, to not only uh, uh, we, 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 you know, we not only have to be able to respond in a rapid time, we also need to change the paradigm, to change the narrative, to go on the attack, to go on the offense. So, so we, we try and make sure that uh, we stand up, speak out when it's counted, when it needs to be, and stand
0: up for the rights of the Jewish people and the Jewish nation. Tell us a little bit about one or two of your most recent campaigns or issues you were involved with uh, in the ILF.
1: Sure. I think uh, look the the last uh, the major one, and I think one of the most successful ones was uh, we initiated a major anti-Durban campaign. Uh, Durban uh, was, of course, the infamous uh, anti-Israel, uh, anti-Jewish hate fest in two thousand and one in Durban, South Africa, um, that really descended into some most uh, hideous scenes of anti-Semitism, Holocaust distortion, uh, apartheid slurs uh, that you can imagine. And only last month, the UN. Um, under whose auspices, under whose uh, eyes uh, this was held initially, um, held a 20th anniversary celebration with uh, world leaders and heads of state uh, to be attending. Um, So we really kicked into action. We had an entire campaign for months uh, before this happened um, that included uh, research, that included video, that included digital campaign, that included a Um, reaching out to European countries, calling on them, those who stand up and claim to stand up against racism, against discrimination, against anti-Semitism, to make sure they do not legitimize this hate fest, that they do not lend their name, do not lend any credence to this uh, hate fest. That's the only way we can put it. And at the end of the day, some 38 38 countries withdrew from uh, Durban, and the ones that were left were really the likes of Iran, Venezuela, Cuba, North Korea, all the major democracies, including the United States, Canada, Australia, and I think three quarters of the EU nations, which is crucial to this uh, withdrew. So I think that was an important uh, important battle that not only we were proud to lead, but certainly with the pro-Israel community together to fight right. back and stay. Just-
0: To speak loudly right we also extensively cover the issue uh durban as we call you know infamy for posterity to understand the lessons of durban not just on the 20th anniversary but um for for many more years to come and this is shedding light on the hypocrisy of international community of the united nations and other human rights organizations is also part of your expertise for we follow extensively your work vis-a-vis human rights watch and they're um, uh, dealing with what's happening between Israelis and Palestinians. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. I mean, look, uh, Human Rights Watch. You know, dis- despite its name, uh, despite the name of the organization, has really nothing nothing to do with human rights, certainly not when it comes to Israel. When it comes to uh, this part of uh, the region, uh, they are essentially no more than, I think, a mouthpiece for uh, Palestinian extremists uh, excusing uh, crimes of Hamas, Uh, really their sole Their sole motivation, their sole um, mission is to single out, to delegitimize, and to attack the state of Israel, to undermine our rights, to uh, give a free pass to Palestinian terrorists. You will never or hardly ever hear them uh, say one single word against Hamas, against the Palestinian authorities' brutality. Um, They are solely obsessed uh, with Israel out of all proportion. Um, So it's something, again, you know, those that pretend to speak in the name of human rights, I think uh, we need to call them out when they fail, uh, when they fail according to their own mission and standards. So we need to speak
0: out and call them out. And good for you for doing so, and very successfully, I might add, um, now to dive into the matter at hand today, the peace between Israel and Gulf states and normalization, a very important word in the relationship, I want to ask you, we've seen declarations, statements, White House lawn signing ceremonies, but Arson, as somebody who is very much not just on the advocacy level online and in the legal form, but also on the ground, what does peace look like for Israelis, for you in Israel? Um, you know, I, I can
1: tell you a very short story. The first, my first opportunity to meet a group of Emiratis and Bahrainis, they were in Israel about a year ago with a Shiraq organization and they were in Jerusalem at the time. Uh, and actually they were there uh, taking part also in the Hanukkah celebrations. They would just come from the Western Wall where they actually lit a candle at the Kotel uh, group from the uh, UAE, from Bahrain. It was incredible, incredible sight. And I went to uh, join them for dinner that evening. And as I sat down, this is the first time, by the way, I've met them as an as an Israeli visiting uh, a group visiting from the from the Gulf. And as I sat down with them uh, for dinner, I noticed something quite incredible. As we're sitting down there, I, I'm, I'm observing, I'm watching, and I see them engaged in this really heated debate, discussion, arguments. Very polite, but 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 heated about all sorts of different issues. And in the middle of this dispersal, they're asking, can you pass me the bread? Can I get a little bit more water? And I'm I'm thinking to myself, you know what? This could be any Shabbat table, anywhere in Israel, any Jewish family, anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world. And so what really got me thinking was, you know what? They are just like us. They are just like us. Why did we not have this peace sooner? Why did we not have it before? And, you know, I, I can tell you that's, you know, from my perspective, uh, peace is very much, it's, it's like a flower uh, in the sense that politicians and diplomats, they're the ones that they, they plant the seeds of peace. But it's up to us. It's up to us as civil society, as educators, as leaders, as business people. It's up to us to actually make it grow, to make it flourish, to establish these bonds and connections, which I think is what we're doing uh, on many levels, both through the ILF and with the Shiraka organization, which I'm also very proud to be a, a board member of, because at the end of the day, I think what really tr- and truly defines what we're seeing today, this peace between Israel and the uh, Gulf and Arab nations is uh that it's truly a warm peace, it's a genuine peace. And there is just this incredible palpable sense of excitement, enthusiasm. You know, we we had a year, the last 12 months, which was so challenging for so many people around the world, not least because of COVID and uh, so many other reasons, but the Abraham Accords represent this incredible beacon of hope and optimism for a brighter, for a better future. So to be able to connect, with uh, with our friends from the UAE, from Bahrain, from Sudan and Morocco, and uh, God willing, hopefully, uh, hopefully many more countries to come soon. It's just an incredible blessing and it's an incredible uh, opportunity for the future, for
0: the region, for all of us. You know, your expertise kind of sneaks in, in between the words, because I wanna just focus our viewers on hearing what you said, which is the essence of public diplomacy. They're just like us. This is what we aspire to achieve in people-to-people diplomacy, and it's incredible to hear it from your mouth. I, uh, I want to ask you, how did you feel when the UAE embassy launched, uh, I believe a few weeks ago, a billboard campaign all over uh, Israel and Tel Aviv, celebrating the peace in Hebrew between the two peoples? That's unique, isn't it? In in Hebrew and,
1: and in Arabic as well. And by the way, if you watch and if you uh, look at their uh, social media channels, every post they make, they do it in uh, Hebrew, in Arabic, and in English. Wow. Um, very, very smart. And I think it's uh, very, very effective. Um, look, it was beautiful. It was powerful. And, um, you know, the the words of, I, I, I don't recall the, the exact words, but they were so powerful and meaningful, but essentially said, you know, uh, the future belongs to our children True. essentially it's, it's, it's what, what, what they said and it was such a meaningful and powerful and thought-provoking statement it was one line but it was so powerful and at the end of the day you know what what unites us you know um behind the abrahamic accord it's not just our shared faith and history behind abraham but it's also our shared hope for a better future for a better future for our children to know that we are not enemies, to know that we are brothers and cousins and, and family, right. the people from the Emirates, they are like family to me now. And I, to them, I can tell you. And this was perhaps you know what really you know what really struck me when I knew how real it was in May when we had the obviously the very difficult period here with the with the rockets, uh, with the with the war with Hamas. I found myself in the shelter with my with my children. You know, the first people to reach out to me and ask, are you okay? The first people, they were my friends from the Emiratis. Wow. The first ones to message me to ask, are you okay? I cried after that. It was something so raw, so real. So, and that at the end of the day is, you know, defines this relationship in so many ways. It is just real. It real. is sincere. The first, if I may, the first Emirati that I met, um, incredible, uh, incredible man by the name of uh, Majid Alsara has become a very, very dear friend of mine. And um, this was still sort of COVID time. And as I'm going to, to meet the delegation, meet the group and to meet him, he was, came downstairs. I don't know, how would I, how, how would we meet? How, what, what do you say? How do you open the discussion with someone you maybe only met online? Do you do a fist bump, elbow bump? Do you not? Do you shake? What do you do? And you know what? We looked at each other and we just embraced. Incredible. Before we even said a single word, we just hugged and embraced. And it was just the most natural thing, the most beautiful thing, the most sincere and honest and raw. And honestly, that that is the way it ought to be. And that is the way it is. Such,
0: Such great news to hear from Israel. People to people heart to heart. Um, You mentioned Sharaka, partnership in Arabic. Uh, You're a board member of the organization. Tell us a little bit about the organization and what you aspire to achieve.
1: Um, Sharaka was started by a number of uh, civil society activists, young leaders uh, from Israel and the Gulf, really immediately in the wake of the Abraham Accords. I think once the news broke, a number of activists here from Israel, including my colleague Amit Derry and a number of others, uh, went to the UAE Um, they met with their colleagues and they said you know we we have to capitalize on this opportunity we have this incredible foundation this incredible news we have to do something with it um so that essentially is how Sharaka was born and as you said it means an arabic partnership um so its goal is really quite simple powerful but simple it's to to serve to act as a bridge to facilitate peace, people-to-people peace between civil society and young leaders in Israel and the Gulf. And that has taken shape in so many incredible forms. Like I said, last year, we brought the first ever civil society delegation from the UAE UAE and Bahrain. We just brought a group just from Bahrain a few weeks ago. And they have seen, they've toured the country, everything From uh, going to Yad Vashem, which uh, we can talk about was such an incredibly moving experience for them, to meeting with President Rivlin, to going to the north of the country and seeing the threats posed by Hezbollah, by Iran, which they very well understand. Um, They have met with civil society organizations here. They have walked the streets of Tel Aviv. And you've seen them. They are like superstars, Israelis are coming to them, they're taking pictures, they're embracing them, they're taking selfies. Um, They've seen Israel as a startup nation, the full spectrum of of, uh, the country of society. And likewise, we've taken groups to the Gulf as well, because at the end of the day, it's really by meeting each other, by seeing uh, each other's country, by talking um, and seeing and understanding that we can really, I think, embrace each other and build on this incredible uh,
0: foundation of peace. It's exciting. I want to ask you about the political climate, this time in Israel. You were talking about the Israeli excitement vis-à-vis the peace with the uh, Arab Gulf states, but there was an incident in the Knesset during the, um, um, during the session with Jared Kushner where that delegation from Bahrain reportedly walking in the corridors of the Knesset encountered an Arab-Israeli member of Knesset uh, by the name of Aida Tuma Suleiman, a woman, And according to the reports, she looked at them with contempt, and some would even say spitting to the side, um, disgusted, supposedly, by by this warm-up of relations between Israel and the Gulf. What is your reaction to that kind of attitude, and where does it emanate from? Look, you know, I can tell you the reaction of the
1: group was, uh, you know, for them, it was just a passing instance. Um, they certainly did. If, if they did not let it bother them, I'm not letting it um, bother me either. Um, look, it, it, was, it was unfortunate, but uh, it, it also underscores, you know, there are some elements that just don't want peace. It's as simple as that. They do not want peace. They do not want to see Israel prosper. They do not want to see Israel succeed. And they uh, reach out uh, when they when they see that they speak out, and that is uh, that is unfortunate uh, that there are some negative elements like that that are out of spite uh, more than anything else will reject this for no reason. Then because Israel is at peace, and I think that only really underscores their motivations and their uh, their goals. But I can tell you, the group was certainly. Uh, you know, they met with Israeli politicians and leaders from across the political spectrum, from the government, uh, from the opposition. Um, they attended the ceremony, as you mentioned, the one uh, marking the one year anniversary with the, with the Kushners as well. Um, so they really they were embraced by not just the Israeli political diplomatic echelon, but most importantly, by people on the street. Who saw them, who embraced them, who wanted to talk to them, who wanted to show them, who wanted to take pictures with them. So I think that's really the most important thing. I certainly didn't let
0: uh, a few rotten apples, um, you know, um, deal with it. Exciting. Um, Absolutely correct. I want to ask you something in a historical perspective. We have seen the emergence of relations with parts of the Arab world also in the mid-90s with the signing of the Oslo Accords. We remember the opening of Israeli missions in Morocco and elsewhere. But these withered away with the coming of the Second Intifada. Here with these agreements, it's been a year, it's already been able to weather the change of Israeli Prime Minister. We have seen many members of the new government visiting, visiting the Gulf states. Very very exciting, we've seen a new American president and the relationship keeps on blooming. So my question to you is, how durable do you think this agreement is this time? Do you think it's going to be able to withstand and weather incidents of flare-ups with Hamas in Gaza or elsewhere, tensions in the region? What's your take on this?
1: Um, I think this has all the ingredients for a durable peace, a real peace, and a warm peace. Um, It took Israel, you know, some... uh, 72 years for two peace agreements uh, with um, Arab countries, Egypt and Jordan. And then last year in the space of 72 days in one summer, we had three peace agreements with the UAE, Bahrain, Sudan, and since then with Morocco as well. Um, so I think what really differentiates those agreements with these ones, I think it's the the real people-to-people piece, the cultural piece. We have, you know, normally when you when you have uh, the opening of a diplomatic um, um, diplomatic uh, agreements, as you know very well yourself, being a former, uh, you know, outstanding diplomat and spokesperson as well, these things normally take time. They 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 work in an incremental level, but this has really been at a turbo pace. We have seen, I think, something like 750 million dollars in trade already between Israel and the UAE, and that is just the tip of the iceberg. They're predicting over a trillion dollars in trade in the in the coming years. We have seen MOUs signed from across the spectrum in aviation, in water, in cybersecurity, in tech, uh, in COVID cooperation. We've seen embassies open. We've seen direct flights. Uh, we've seen delegations and educational uh, missions and cultural uh, groups. Um, it's really just been at an exponential rate. But I think really what's been underpinning it and what gives me such incredible sense of confidence in the future, it really is that, you know, that, that, that dialogue between people, that warm peace. Um, we've already, um, you know, we the war with Hamas happened in May. We not only withstood that, but I think it made us stronger because some of our best activists, I mean, I should say some of my best advocates were our friends from the Gulf who very openly, in not only in English, but in Arabic, they called out Hamas, they call out Iran, they stand with us. And by the way, and as much as they stand with us and they call out our enemies, I think it's imperative, but so too do we stand with them as well, because, uh, you know, Israel is certainly a country that is very much maligned in the international community, very much a sense of, uh, you know, ignorance to what is happening here. I think that applies in many ways uh, to a number of countries in the Gulf. You mentioned Human Rights Watch. Human Rights Watch, by the way, uh, hates not only Israel, they hate the UAE now as well. So I think in as much as they stand with us, we need to stand with them and we are standing with them. And I think that only... Um, You know, that only gives me a great sense of uh, hope and excitement for the future.
0: That's the incredible work you also do with Sharaka and elsewhere to promote the people-to-people connection, which leads me to to my last question. What would be your recipe, which was hinted to in your answer now, to warm up the the older peace agreements that Israel has with Egypt and Jordan? What would you do? What would you want to do? to make sure it's as palpable and enjoyable as the ones we have with the Gulf states. Mm
1: Look, okay, I mean, uh, there are a number of levels. Certainly, on the, on the political side, as well as on a on a ground level, um, I would love to be able to uh, to visit these countries. Uh, likewise, I would love to see more groups and delegations and trips and people coming from Jordan, coming from Egypt. Um, I think there's where uh, where we are warming up with Egyptians, with the Jordanians. We share a lot of strategic uh, concerns, a lot of strategic threats in the in the region that are mutual threats. Uh, There's also incredible scope for cooperation and trade, not only in things like water and energy, uh, but in many other areas. But at the end of the day, you know, what's working between Israel and the Abraham Accords countries, it's the people-to-people connection. And we need to have more of that with Jordanians, with Egyptians as well. And I hope in the coming years, certainly we will uh, will do that. Uh, We are working on that now. And I think, you know... God willing, there will be only more countries uh, that will enter the Accords. Uh, we're certainly working on that. And I think it's uh, it's an exciting future, Shaka. And we're, we're living in certainly incredible days, incredible times. And there's there's a lot of hope, a lot of enthusiasm. And I think uh, it's something that we, we all need.
0: You know, Arsene, some people complain when they watch the news, they get depressed and it brings them down. Speaking with you, not just brought a smile to my face, but to so many people who are listening to you and viewing this show today, I'd like to thank you for your stand, for your advocacy, for your activism for Israel. I urge all of our viewers to follow you, to really understand what's happening on the ground. You are, Arsene, not just a great friend, but a unique voice in the pro-Israel community. And thank you for all that you do for Israel and the Jewish people. I look forward to having you here in studio in the Big Apple. Thank you, Shahan. I look forward to being with you in person again, my friend. Thank you. Lastly, to our great viewers, I'd like to leave you with some food for thought. Arson has taught us so much about what's happening on the ground, showed us that peace is not just possible, it's happening before our very eyes. Israelis and Arabs all over the region are joining hands, and they do so for the sake of both people's future. Yet, on the Israeli-Palestinian front, the conversation still revolves around BDS, anti-Semitism, and animosity. The Palestinians and their allies around the world have chosen to focus on a negative discourse with Israel and with Israelis, which has left them behind with all of the progress taking place today. The Israeli pavilion at the Dubai Expo is just a short distance away from the Palestinian one. So yes, maybe the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is yet to be resolved. But the time has come for the Palestinians to adopt a different approach, a more realistic and fruitful one, with Israel, and to enjoy the economic benefits that come with it, for the sake of the Palestinian people and for the sake of Israel. I hope they will see this as an encouragement to do so, and be done with the futile and unrealistic hallucination of getting rid of Israel for all of our sakes. As we always say, peace can only come from Jerusalem and Ramallah, not Stockholm, Geneva or New York, not even Twitter. I'd like to thank you all for watching and to all we say stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy. I'd like to thank our director Sloan Copeland, JBS's managing director, Dara Golub, our technical manager Michael Paley, transmission manager John McDevitt, and to our wonderful producer of In The News, Carol Lilienthal. For JBS, I'm Shaharazani. Until next time, see you soon. Shalom and lehitraot.